0: Hello and welcome to what I believe is episode 7 of the Damned United podcast. I'm Billy Lumsden. And I'm Adam Jameson. And I'm very proud to announce that the Damned United podcast has actually gone international this week. Not because of uh, the many listeners that we've got already from uh, different countries around the world, but because I am recording this as we speak from my apartment in Tenerife.
1: Well, interestingly, I think the weather is
0: warmer in the
1: UK right now. <laughs> um, so enjoy your holiday, Bill. <laughs> We're all on holiday in the UK
0: already. Enjoy the sun, Adam. I hope it makes you really happy. And uh, while well, you're at right, it, get some grace. Uh, get some, uh, I can't think of what, it, what they're saying. Grace and decorum. Grace and decorum, because you've got as much grace and decorum as a reversing dump truck. Oh. But yeah, no, it's nice to be uh nice to be over here. We're actually going to the Kaluna Beach Club that we went to uh, a few years ago. I think you had a very sore head at the time, so you probably don't remember it too much, but excited to go there today and the uh, last couple of days now, which will be nice. But switching gears, ads, I'm guessing the only place we can start is Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. A bit meh overall, wasn't it, to say the least. Indeed, it was a bit of a
1: lacklustre performance, I would say, and it, it's it's left me feeling on Sunday, first of all, very hungover, actually, and uh, secondly, uh, like I had the, the the wind taken out of my sails a little bit from uh, from all the positivity I felt that we had
0: after the Ipswich game, the the previous league game. Yeah. I think that's fair to say it was uh, it was very flat, wasn't it, in spells? And, you know, we can unpick it, I guess. The 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 only place to start was I guess in terms of the overall game as a whole, we probably deserved enough to get a win from it. It's it's fair to say. However, the creativity is a massive issue, I think, and you know, I think obviously Fark has come out and said numerous things. Fans have had their view on on kind of what went wrong with that game and it seems a lot of that comes down to a, a central attacking midfielder that we don't currently probably have and b playing Pirot in that little 10 role as, as they call it as opposed to a full on striker in the number 9 role and obviously he played Rutter because he thought Rutter's pace wouldn't do Sheffield Wednesday's defence and it, it don't get me wrong he had a couple of chances Um, one of which was, was saved quite finally from the Wednesday keeper but you know, ultimately, I think we got the tactics wrong as well as the overall game and as a whole. Would you Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, and I think the the first the the main thing that I took away from that game and my my main frustration with the match was the the issue around Peru. And we've gone out, we've be, we've been crying out for a goal scoring striker. We've gone out and done it. We've brought him in. And then we don't play him up front. It just doesn't make sense, I don't think, to to most fans. Yes, we're lacking a cam, but do you play Perot there at the expense of the threat he has been the front man and find someone else you can chewhorn into that that cam position and and let Perot unleash Mm -hmm. on the defence? It just it it doesn't make much sense to me to to, like I can say, have have you 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 go scorer your main man and then not play him as a striker. I, I've I've not been able to get my head around it since the game.
0: I don't know what your thoughts are. I think he's holding the fault for when uh, Bamford comes back. <laughs> to be fair, a couple a couple of my mates that we were travelling down to uh, Ipswich with the other week said that. You know it really wouldn't surprise me if they tried shoehorning Pirot and Bamford into the team together when when he's back fit and uh, you know judging on uh, Saturday's team you wouldn't be too far wrong from that so I, I I'm in complete agreement with you it was it was a bit of a baffling one I mean you, you say that it's it's only baffling when it doesn't work and, and when it does work you're a genius it's it's one of those kind of moves But yeah, as we've touched on before, 41 league goals in in two championship seasons, just play him in his position. I'm sure you know we could muster up enough creativity for him to get one or two chances in which he probably finds the back of the net. Do you know what I mean? That might be slightly naive of me, but I feel like we would have created enough chances against Wednesday and we did in in the game, in in the 90 minutes to to go and win that game. So yeah, it was a bit of a um, it was a bit of an odd one for me, but you know, five clean sheets in 50 going into the game on another note. And that, that was a, one positive of it for me, although we looked slightly shaky at times. And obviously, Wednesday came out on the front foot, it dominated the game in, 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 brief sma- in brief smells, in brief spells. So, um, you know, to come away from that with without conceding, I think, is a positive, or at least one positive to take from it.
1: Yeah. I agree. I th- think the one positive we can take from that game is a clean sheet and in another season under under a different manager possibly we we probably would have lost that game at the end there and we'd have been absolutely fuming and ellen Road would have been a very toxic atmosphere after that <laughs> but because you 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 could just i could almost see it happening in front of my eyes the especially when i think they had a corner late on and they had a chance and they skied it and you could almost see you could almost see them scoring and the atmosphere just flipping instantly and uh, their squad wheeling away and celebrating in, in front of the away fans I could, I could i could really see it happening but thankfully it didn't and i think overall defensively again i, I thought we looked thought we looked okay I know yeah. we've, we've i feel like our defensive performances have been quite mixed this season we've We've had games where we've looked pretty solid and uh, difficult to break down, and and limited teams to to only a handful of kind of half chances, and I felt like that was a, the same again on on Saturday. Whereas in other games, we've looked really vulnerable and easy to play through. So, yeah, I, I was thinking, I was thinking this morning actually. We've. This season, it, it, it seems to be drawing parallels to the, the season when we had Uwe Rosley in charge and uh, he got sacked, didn't he? Pretty early on, but hopefully, hopefully that won't happen to Daniel Far. But we kind of... I, I remember the start of that season, it, it was... There was a couple of games we looked pretty decent, a couple of games where we looked not so great and we were drawing a lot of games but not getting beat. So, yeah, I think you can draw parallels from the start of that season to the start of this season and also people have been posting on social media that burnley had exactly the same amount of points at this point last season it's still very early days that the squad is is still jelling together and, and and developing as a group so
0: yeah there are positives let's, let's not uh, let's not talk about championship records because we're pretty bad at breaking them in the in the wrong sense if the uh, top by Christmas is anything to go by in our know, last couple of seasons in the champ. <laughs> um but no, I I am in agreement with you and I think you know, while it wasn't the result that we wanted and certainly the tactical performance that we'd all craved, you know, it's another point. It's it's not ideal, but you get yourself into the international break. Fairpo's not too far away. Firpo is the answer, as you said. And yeah. uh, that was uh, a rung, rung, rung true on the uh, rung true on the poll that we ran as well, I think on, across Spotify. Um, we asked the question, should Junior Firpo start when back fit? I think the general consensus on Spotify and amongst our listeners was that it was no, whereas I think we had just short of 100 votes on the poll across Twitter slash X and it was a resounding sixty-two percent in the favor of yes. He should start when he's back, and you know I think that's just the uh, I think that's just the the fact that he's a general left back, and again we don't really have one of those at the minute. Strike has obviously done a job there previously, but you know he's seems to be forming up quite a nice partnership with Joe Rodon at the back. So you know you, you slot Junior Firpo in there, and you've you've suddenly got an ever increasingly promising back four. And, um, you know, we'll touch on Jamie Shack now, we may as well do, because the the player ratings are in again. Thanks very much for your um, taking the time to vote on these following the Wednesday game and Jamie Shack with a massive 7.75 rating actually topped the list this week, which says it all really, doesn't it? You know, he's obviously, as we touched on last week, he's played right wing, centre midfield, right back, left back now and we both really enjoyed his performance at Switch and felt like he deserved a a start against Wednesday and proved that, you know, when he's asked to to do a job, he goes and does it and does it 100%. And sometimes it's not good enough, but the last two games where he has featured, it's been more than good enough. And, he's you know, he actually looks one of the best players on the pitch.
1: Yeah. He, as you say, it, it kind of... It sums up very well... Where we're at at the moment, I think the fact that our left back, who's not a left back, he's coming out and, 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 and coming top of the player rating. So he's looked solid enough. And But I do think when Firpo's fit, he, he has to come in because he's a more recognised left back. I still think that Fire could probably find a, a role or position for, for Shackleton somewhere in the team. No doubt there'll be another injury somewhere and in certain areas. We've got we've not got massive depth, so I don't think just because Firpo comes back in, it will necessarily mean that Shackleton's back to being a bit part player. I still think he'll, he'll he'll feature
0: quite heavily. Yeah, good stuff. And then on the topic of full-backs, Jed Spence came on for Luke Aylin, which was met with massive uh, <laughs> massive cry amongst the crowd. And, you know, he actually looked really positive when he came on driving runs, getting at defenders, really nice, intricate piece of playing skill. He ended up with a 6.5 rating. I think that's just because Ailing got a four and everyone was so keen to see Spence from the get-go. Obviously, we had, we were a bit split ourselves on our predicted 11. I think you nailed it with, with the Ayling call. So, good shout for you. But, you know, it was it was nice to see that, you know, bit of flair from a right back wasn't it when he came on Do you think he could play Cam? Oh god that would be nice wouldn't it I sadly don't think so mate
1: No he, he looked good and he was really nice to see and it, instantly as soon as he came on he, he he looked more of a threat going forward than ailing. and he, he made a fantastic almost last ditch tackle uh, to save us from conceding they, they went clean through on goal and Spence did fantastic. Showed his pace to, to get back in, and 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 actually his, his tackling ability as well. Because it could have gone terribly wrong that running back five minutes into your debut at Ellen Road <laughs> as Sheffield a threw on goal at 0-0. That could have gone terribly wrong. But yeah, he should have composed you and won the ball back and and probably arguably won us the point with that with that tackle. So yeah, I was. I was overall really impressed with, with Spence and looking forward to seeing more of him uh, throughout the season. I think, for me, based on just that kind of 10 minutes alone he was on the pitch, he, he has to be a starter for the next game because he, he clearly possesses qualities that, that, he,
0: that you'd probably expect him to be playing above this level. Yeah, I agree. And you can see why, obviously, he ended up signing for Spurs and he was so good at Nottingham Forest in there promotion campaign as well so yeah very good to see and hopefully more of the same from him to come if he's if he's putting the starting lineup for Millwall away which will obviously be a tough test and he's always a tough test for Leeds United Ampadu and Gray
1: yeah I was just going to go central midfield yeah Ampadu and Gray looked, looked pretty solid again there's not there's not much you could really complain about their performances with they were doing what they needed to it was it was the the, the next phase in our attack that was the problem in terms of going forward? It was once they released the ball into, into the 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 four attackers. That that was when we we came we seemed to come unstuck on, on Saturday. But I don't think you could really complain much again with with Ampadu and Gray. They've they've got a very kind of defined role. I think in Fox system where they they're expected to be the players that drop deep, carry the ball and 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 pass it on to the attackers and. And they do that, and they broke up play well, and yeah, I I just think they're gonna need support. Thankfully, we've got Gruev and uh, Kamara now. I don't know whether I'm saying Gruev's name right, but we'll roll with that. And yeah, they're gonna need some support because you'd imagine over the course of the season that there's gonna be times where where they need a rest. I think that I think actually has already been. Um, recalled from the is it the England under twenty one squad? For for a bit of a rest after the start of the season he's had. So so yeah. I don't know what you thought, i and Gray.
0: No, I'm I'm sure we'll touch on this in the next section around signings and whatnot, but you have to say based on his performances so far, a bit of a cult cult favourite amongst Leeds fans, but you know, rightfully so, because I do think he's been the signing of, of the summer for Leeds so far. And it's really nice. I think, you know, my old man was saying this as well and I think he's he's seen kind of what happened at Leeds last time in terms of kind of the, the overall hype from getting back into the Premier League, the celebrations, the team in itself. It's a massive club and, you know, he's wanted to come and he's been playing away for a fair while now, to be honest, and he's, he's probably wanted to come and, you know, be a part of it and feel that kind of sense of belonging again and I think, you know, I don't want to speak too soon, but five games into it, and he's a firm fan favourite and delivering consistently seven, eight out of ten performances already, which is really good to see. And you know, he's only going to retain his Wales spot in doing so as well as, as they try and uh, make the Euros for 2024. So, really good to see, and hopefully, more of the same following the international break as well. As you touched on, you know, it was that next phase for me, which was the slight worry. Nantu, I thought, was actually really good to his credit. He, he he just seems to be constantly wanting the ball and dropping slightly deeper to get on the ball and, and then carry it, release Jamie Shack on the overlap or play inside or get his man. to... So more of the same from him. If we can keep his head on the straight and narrow, I think he's going to be a really good asset for us, whether it be till January or the end of the season. I'm not sure. Think but it yeah. was a
1: pen. I think it was a pen on the. Oh, he was going I, down I, too easy or.
0: I watched it at the time and I thought it was a blatant penalty. And I saw the replay at the time and I thought, yeah, blatant penalty. And I've seen very mixed reviews and a lot of people saying, oh, he's just being soft, get up, kind of thing, um, on the, you know, the the Twitter and, and whatnot. So I, I'm still very mixed on it. In my opinion, I think it's very clumsy from the defender. And if you go in and you're making them clumsy, you're giving the referee a decision to make. Ultimately, he didn't give one. So. I'm not complaining too much, but I, I'm still of the opinion that it was a penalty in my opinion. Oh God I've said that a few times but
1: <laughs> I, I I think he's gone down i don't I don't think he's gone down easy I, I just think there's not enough to warrant a penalty in, in that contact. I think he's kind of leaned into nonturn Naturn kind of gone down from that contact but I think you know if you'd have caught him with his with his leg or his foot. It would have been a penalty, but it, it yeah, probably for me it wasn't enough.
0: Yeah, it probably don't help, but he, he he gets fouled a lot and he's quite light lightweight as well, it's probably fair to say. So yeah. when a player like that I, I know I shouldn't say it, but you know, when, when, when it does happen like that, they're less inclined almost to give those decisions based upon, you know, the fact that it does happen numerous times across a game. But yeah. No, I was I was happy with his performance. And as you say, it's just the cam, as Adam will call it. And that's probably FIFA slash Football Manager, referencing there. But for those that aren't across that, it's a central attacking midfielder. So the player playing in behind the striker, and we'll touch on that and more in our transfer window talk coming up next. It was a bit of a. Ride deadline day wasn't it? Were you wearing your 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 yellow tie? Yeah, I was per- parading the streets of Manchester in it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was yeah, it was a massive ride and one that Leeds fans were on the wrong side of for a sustained period. I would fair to say, you know, it ebbed and flowed as it usually does, and ultimately, I think we came out pretty strongly and reflective of the whole windows as as it, as as a whole, I think it's been one of Leeds United's strongest windows for a long, long time, which is which has been really positive. But gotta start with Louis Sinistera. i I'm, I'm just really, really annoyed. He was gonna be such a great player for us in the championship. Light it up, scored, obviously took the took the mick out of Brandon Williams and scoring at Ipswich, which we all enjoyed. Very short-lived, as these things can be. One week, completely different to the next. And he's a Bournemouth player, very similar to Tyler Adams. Seemed to be getting quite the uh, the Leeds contingent there, with uh, Cookie already there as well. But, yeah, I was really disappointed to see him go. But ultimately, side before self and all of that, if he's not wanting to, to, to put on the shirt for Leeds and he's wanting to run at the first chance he gets, then, you know, good riddance, in my opinion. What about yourself?
1: After Thursday, I thought brilliant. Got Kamara and Grieves come. Friday, I was thinking it's probably a bit too much to be expecting us to bring any anyone else in today. I was pretty happy with the transfer window. I was working from home. I went to the gym on my lunch break. Kind of caught the the highlights from Fox press conference. Said. Yeah, that's it. Business done. They won't be going anyway. You've seen the pictures of Lewis and Estera leaving Ellen Road, lying to people's faces. And um yeah, we thought, brilliant. And then the news broke, didn't it, around about, about one or two o'clock ish. That he was potentially on the way down to Bournemouth and, and it was just a bit of a roller coaster after that, wasn't it? Looking like he was going. Then a few hours leading up to the deadline, it looked like it was stolen and then it wasn't going to happen. And then, yeah, they got the, the extension. And then we got but, Jane and Ante in, in return.
0: I was going to say, it came down to the deal sheet, didn't it? And I think yeah. there's a lot of uh, good points made on Twitter around, you know, if, you, if you're if late, you're late kind of thing. <laughs> Just because you've got the the deal sheet or whatever it is required in by eleven o'clock doesn't mean you can keep going until three, four in the morning to get the deal done. So it's a strange one. I feel like it should be very much if it's if it's done by the deadline, then fair fair enough. If it's not, then you know it's no move. But not as plain as that, unfortunately. If you're late, it's late. You don't get a <laughs> deadline. Yeah. Negative comment. But yeah, Jen and Anthony. Really positive from his season in uh, with Bournemouth in the Championship. Eight goals, seven assists, fifteen goal contributions. Really, really strong. Leeds United of all well, Leeds United of all, we wouldn't have had the window that we had, of course. But certainly with this Sinistera deal, we we wouldn't have have had a replacement lined up, and certainly not the where with all to go and get a player of Anthony's caliber, especially obviously coming back from Bournemouth the other way. But I think we've got. A very very good deal there, and I I don't want to say a better deal because you know ultimately I don't think I don't think it's uh, it's fair to say that, but I think we've got a smart deal that works really really nicely for us. You know, he's a player that is out of favour at Bournemouth in in the Premier League. There's a lot of players that have come in the door at, at the Vitality Stadium, and his minutes and game time are going to be limited. He comes to Leeds a place where you know given his performances in training, he should probably be guaranteed a start, it's fair to say. It might be difficult, but I think he, he does get a start in that Leeds team and he's got a chance to prove his worth again in the Championship, build up in a really, really good team. It's going to have a lot of the ball, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to sit back like Sheffield Wednesday did on Saturday and he's got a lot of chance to showcase his skills, get crosses in for Perot, get at defenders and um, try and create as many chances and score as many goals as he can. So, I'm genuinely really excited about the prospect of having him at, at Leeds and I do feel like we've got a really, really good deal from it in the end where, some as, as we say, sometime on the uh, the deadline date it looks bleak for us.
1: Yeah. We're going to need players that are quite direct this season, I think. But the, the performance that Wednesday put in on Saturday, kind of getting set in that low block and keeping defensive shape against us and, and sitting deep. I think that's going to be something that we see a lot of this season and because teams are going to be fearful of, of the, the, the quality that we've got in attacking positions. And I think in 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 a lot of games like that, it's going to require players like Nonto, Anthony, uh, Dan James, kind of getting on the ball and being direct and, and using the skills and attributes to, to unpick pick teams that way rather than kind of... Um, passing their ball around and picking out spaces I think so given having said that I think Anthony is it, it softened the blow a little bit didn't it from, from, from losing Sinistera I still think Sinistera would have absolutely torn this league to pieces given the chance but if, as you say aside before self if he didn't want to fight for us and, and put on the shirt and and do the hard work this season, then you, I don't see any reason to, to keep him around. And I think we've got a, an adequate replacement in, in Jadon Anthony. And out of all the players we've let go this this window, I think Sinister is probably the one where I think if he has a good season, we could probably command quite a a, a nice transfer fee for him. I can't see that happening for, for any of the players that have gone out loan. I don't think we'll get... <laughs> I don't
0: think we'll reach you me. say that. <laughs> no, I'd agree, and you know, it brings on nicely to the departures or the outgoings, as you will, in the transfer window. Obviously, it's been a massive clear out for Leeds, probably one that was required. Getting the transfer fees for them or not, unfortunately. <clears throat> but we're talking around Tyler Adams for 24 million, Rodrigo, Robin Koch, Max Verber Tyler Roberts, Joe Robles, Adam Forshaw, Drama, Aronson, Christensen, Mark Rocker, Jack Harrison. So, you know, and then you've got obviously Sonny Perkins, Sam Greenwood, Sinister on deadline day. There's an awful lot of almost our like fixtures amongst our side that have gone, but it just shows again how, how much of an incredible window we've had to bring the players we have into Leeds very good fees and actually still make it appear as if we have depth within our squad, especially when you're talking around some of the players that still have to come back from injury. In terms of the arrivals, obviously we've got Joe Perot for twelve million. That's a few add-ons on top of that, but unbelievable business from the club to get that done. Not sure how we ended up with him and and not others for a price range like that. Ampadu for around seven million. Grueving Kamara, as you mentioned, Spence on loan. And then obviously you've got Darlow, Byron, Rodon, Anthony, all on loans as well. So, you know, really, really pleasing when you consider the the departures, just how much and how how in good areas we've actually gone about our business during the winter.
1: Yeah, I think we've strengthened in key areas and we've got a, a competitive squad now. Now it's just about giving them time to to gel and settle and learning how to to play with each other and and how each other likes to play. I think Fark and most Leeds fans will be delighted that the transfer window is over now, and we can just concentrate on on settling into the season and, and hopefully getting into a bit of a rhythm because it's been a bit it's been a bit stop start at the start this season the 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 starting lineup's changed a lot. Players have gone, players refusing to play, players still coming in. So now we've got a, a kind of set squad and a set team. Just about it'll be nice to to to, to see what what
0: can develop and and how this squad grows. I know that nobody's a massive lover of the international break, but first of all, this one's probably come at the right time, as you've just mentioned. And secondly, we, I think we've got one in October and one in November as well. So you've got quite a nice bedding-in period, I think, for players, whereby you've got extended periods of time within those months to get, you know, we know the, the pace of the Championship, how the games come thick and fast, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, especially towards the back end of the season. But while we're out of the Carabao Cup now and we've got a chance to focus on the league until the FA Cup comes around in January, it's a really nice period for us to kind of get a run of games together, get players in and around each other, get them in extended periods during those international breaks. And uh, yeah, they don't have an excuse not to be racking up some decent performances, consistent performances, and and more importantly, some wins on the board going into that January transfer window. And, you know, I know I mentioned it there and it sounds silly, but it's going to come round in a flash, essentially. And I I guess it it touched on nicely as well to... You know the central attacking midfield position where we do need to strengthen. We should really have strengthened. We've got a really, really electric squad, and nice depth. But we are lacking in that attacking midfield position, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it, it's almost like we we're, we're missing we're missing the architect in, in in central attacking midfield who can really unpick and unlock all that potential that we've got in those kind of electric wingers and attackers that we've got. Um. So, yeah, it would have been nice to see us bring in an attacking midfielder. And I think that's the day we brought Gruev and Kamara in. We were, you know, we'd, we'd been linked with a few attacking midfielders in the days previous to that. And you thought either Gruev or Kamara plus an attacking midfielder, you'd have just about said that would have been the kind of perfect end to the transfer window. But, yeah, it... It feels like we're going to have to shoehorn someone into that position now. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Um, if Hernandez people.
0: has just retired, maybe we yeah, could bring uh, him, back. him bring, one last dance.
1: Him. Yeah, bring him back. Just let him sit, sit just on the edge of the the opposition's third, and just let him all pick teams.
0: You that saw what Messi's been. Watch. You saw what Messi's been doing in the in the MLS. You just put Hernandez there, instantly makes everyone a better player.
1: Yeah, I saw a list of uh, free agents that are available, uh, and someone someone asked the question. I can't think who it was on Twitter. Someone said, "Would you take Jesse Lingard?"
0: Yeah, and the answer is no. <laughs> I knew that name was going to be floating around. I'd take Phil Jones, though. <laughs> oh, no,
1: I'd take i take him and and maybe just just take a picture of him and put a cardboard cutout of him next to the next to <laughs> Melier in net and it, it might just put opposition opposition strikers off when they? <laughs> they're about to take a shot
0: yeah no on a, on a serious note i would i would not be taking Jesse Lingard i um, think there's far better options out there it's disappointing that we didn't ultimately get what we wanted in the second midfield through the door as you say i think i don't think we'd have, i still don't think we can have too many complaints with the, with the window that we had especially with the state the club was left in in terms of the clauses and everything the players leaving and obviously refusing to play as well there's a lot of variables in there that you know ensured that it was going to be hard window I think they delivered on a lot of what they set out to do which was nice and we did end up getting the aggressive window that we also so dearly desired but yeah you can't help feel as though you know the Salford game while we created a lot of chances it still came a lot from, from those wide areas so and similarly with Wednesday as well, you need that kind of link between your, your defensive midfielders, the, the wide men, and, and your, your number nine as well. And, and it mean, also means that Joel Perot won't have to play there as a you know a set fixture until January, until we get a chance to do this again, unless we do sign someone on a free. So that was the only disappointing thing from me as well. I completely agree with you on that. it be interesting to see how we do shape up in, in future weeks, obviously we'll be doing our predicted 11 for Millwall next week on next show, so stay tuned for that but yeah, I, I can't help but feel like it's going to have to be a bit of a trial and error process you know, we we did try Joe Perot there, we've tried Somerville there previously, it is going to have to be a case of just managing this and finding a solution maybe, or a best fit for for the short term and until we can kind of get a system that really works for us obviously Dan James to come back from from a brief spell on the sidelines Bamford still to come back you you instantly look at that and you've got seven, eight, nine options for, for only four positions especially with the addition of Anthony so it is really promising for us and while we're complaining about not having someone that can really unpick a defence I still feel like we're in a really, really strong position and should be really positive about it as well because even in this league, if you put Joe Perot up front, if you don't create a massive amount from that central position, you've got Nanto on one wing, you've got James, Anthony, Somerville on the other wing, you put the ball into the box for Perot, and more often than not, he'll be on the end of it or he'll be in those positions to put it in the back of the net. So I'm really positive about it and I'm seeing from the smile on your face that I've, I've just sold it to you in that mini pitch. So. You've,
1: you've just sold it. Feed Perot and he will
0: score. Yes, but hopefully not. That can be the chant. That can be the chant. (laughs) Hopefully not in the 10. But yeah, (laughs) no, really, really positive window all in all. I think, as you say, we're a bit light in that attacking area. But I think, you know, judging on our expectations, false promises previously, what we've done in the market previously, I think we should be really, really happy with the business that we've done really excited about the next few months leading into Christmas and yeah hopefully we can start getting some consistent performances together yeah I'd have to agree with all that really it's
1: it was always going to be a difficult transfer window and with the squad looking how it is I don't think we can have too many complaints in an in an in an ideal world I think we'd have also brought an attacking fielder and a possibly a left back in but Maybe Junior Firpo will find his level in the championship, and he'll be uh, he'll be a
0: fantastic fullback at this level. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it's crossed. And that brings us on nicely to the next part of the show, which we'll be touching on a listener question and any other business. Sounds like a nice uh, Zoom meeting, indeed, doesn't it? So Simon's been in touch again from Twitter. And he has a listener question for us, so I'll put it to you first and I'll jump in afterwards. His question was, on the one game lost this season, which isn't too bad from five, I know it's early doors, but do you think Legion United should be picking up more wins?
1: We touched on it a little bit earlier on, didn't we, in terms of the mixed start we've had to the season, not losing but not winning, I think so far, I don't think we should have been winning more games, but I think moving forward, definitely. I think we have to be turning those draws into wins. And yeah, moving forward, I, I definitely, I think if in another five games time we've only won two, then we've <laughs> we we, we we've got a bit of an issue on our hands. But now we've got the transfer window out of the way we've got our squad set we should be starting to 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 pose more of a threat and, and and get some of those games where we're drawing we we should be starting to to get them over the line and convert them into wins and and, and
0: move up that table a little bit possibly what do you think i think when you look at it game by game i, I would have to agree with you as well you know cardiff There's no way we should really have been in the position we were during that game. We absolutely dominated. Cardiff went up the other end of the pitch twice and scored. We did incredibly well to earn a point from that. Never mind come away with nothing. Birmingham was awful. Didn't create anything. Looked very flat. Silly mistake at the end. Cost us three points. Otherwise, again, that would have been a point. Ipswich, absolutely brilliant. You know, never looked like losing. Really, really strong performance on the road, and then obviously Wednesday, it's uh, you know a bit of a lacklustre performance, as you say. Probably did enough to win the game, but you know, you can't be expecting to win the game when you're playing like that as well, and, and not creating an awful lot of chances, not being able to break a team down like that. That again is conceding quite a lot of goals and was pointless until we played them as well. So I think very mixed bag of performances, but ultimately it was always going to be the case. I think going into this season, everyone was expecting us to you know, walk the league and it, it never happens like that. It's always a, a lengthy process that you've got to just allow a bit of time i say this about everything to be fair so but a little bit of time to an extent to let the side build into it get accustomed to championship football again understand what level of teams are going to be playing against and what they're actually up against because getting hammered 3-0 5-0 4-1 every week to then suddenly being in a position where you have the ball an awful lot of the time. You've got to kind of be patient, recycle, rebuild, try and break teams down over a 90-minute period. It is a completely different way of playing, you know. And while we've obviously had a lot of the departures from the Premier League team to to new players coming in, it is a different system and a different way of playing under a different manager. So there's a lot of deliverables expected, but there's a lot of variables that have changed during that time as well. So in answer, in short, to the question... I don't necessarily think we should have been picking up more wins at this moment in time. Of course, we'd have loved to have seen that, but I'm not in a position where I'm currently worried about the lack of wins and you know the lack of performances. I think that'll come in time.
1: Yeah, I'd echo a lot of what you've just said. I think if if we're going to think about Fark's first five games and, 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 and the way he would have looked at these five games when he first came in, knowing the the, the mountain of a challenge that he had to to move players out and bring players in. I think we've we've done well to absorb the kind of shock of the championship initially, and not be in a position where we've we've gone out and been outplayed. Because I don't think we've we've really been outplayed in 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 any of those matches. And I think, as I say, I think we've done well to absorb the shock of have been back in the championship and, and and how it it's completely different to the position we were in and the teams we were playing against the style of football we were up against in the Premier League and and now it's about settling down breathing and going okay we can we can start
0: producing results now let's like, make no mistake around it as well. Fat must have thought what on earth have I walked into when there was re- relegation release classes coming in left right and centre and he was dodging them all over like bullets just bomb after bomb getting dropped on him and it's a testament to him as well I think we're in really really safe hands and I'm hoping that you know he can get us out of the league but god forbid we don't do it this year I really hope the board stick with him I, I feel given the window that we have again this might be quite naive to say I feel like the will. I feel like it's going to be a long, trusty, trusty process, and they have got the right manager in charge, which is first the brilliant. But he's just dealt with every situation immaculately. I'm, I'm really happy, proud to have him as our manager and leading us for the the championship this year. Because a lot of a lot of managers probably walked as as soon as you know this season, given everything that's happened. And he's come out, spoke brilliantly, spoke brilliantly about the players that have refused to play, what it means to wear the League United shirt. He's also given them a second chance. He's just, everything seems perfect. And, you know, you don't want to say, I'll speak too soon, but, you know, I'm really, really happy with how he's dealt with things. And given when the backlash of that release clause was going on, Leeds are falling apart, blah, 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 everyone laughing. I think he'd, to be sitting in this position he is in now, joining the international break with the players that he's bought in, is, you know... And really, really positive, and a complete shift from from where we were as well. So I'm I'm really excited about Millwall and uh, the forthcoming games. Leeds might have fallen apart, but we're building back, German. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm more
1: I'm more confident. In fact, I w- I was confident in the appointment anyway, but I'm even more confident now. A month into the season, I think he's, as you say, I think he's 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 hit the nail on the head so many times and. I've got if it doesn't quite come together this season i've I've got confidence in fire over, over the next uh, few seasons I think given given the right resources I think he'll produce for us and yeah and so, I would far, agree. We're, so far so we're, far we're, we're just about there I think with with what he needs I think yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Good stuff and last but not least we do have to touch on it because I can't believe you didn't even vote from your own account on this <laughs> but we did put a tweet out saying who was your favourite player from the late 90s early 10s era it was Beckford, Becchio Johnny Housen and Trezor Candle 76 votes so thanks everyone for taking part again. Trezor Candle a whopping 0% percent you shaking your head and that's absolutely I do, diabolical. I do. I do almost feel sorry a bit for Trezor, but unfortunately, we should have probably just put him up on his own, and he might have done a bit better because when you've got Beckford and Beckio in there, he's always going to be up against it. Poor oh, Trez didn't deserve this. <laughs> but the I think at one point I'd voted, and it was I think it was forty-three percent each on Beckford and Beccio, which just goes to show how. Not split because I think given the chance you'd obviously have both of them in your team and it's it's, it's nice to see that kind of almost rivalry between the two in terms of Leeds fans and, and Beckford did come out on top with this one, he ended up with 49%, Becchio 41% and House in 11% so it was, a, it was an interesting one but it was nice to see that bit of a rivalry between Beckford and O because they both loved League United legends, loved by many of us, given us many great moments in the white shirt. So it was nice to see both of them going at it for supremacy or certainly amongst the Damned United podcast listeners.
1: Maybe they can go and spend an afternoon with Georgino Rute going through what he should do when he's running through <laughs> on goal. <laughs> Nil nil in Yorkshire derby.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that'll be on Beckford's list. To be fair, he's normally in, in and around it, isn't he? So hopefully, it does give him some tips. And speaking of, actually, I think it'd be quite at Quite, I think it would be quite nice to almost do our League United all-time eleven next week. Obviously, we've got the international break, so we we've got a bit of time to fill. We'll have so next week alongside an in-depth preview and our predicted eleven, but. I definitely think we should be doing something like that. Or even maybe the first defence, first five of the uh, of the 11, and we could make it a two or three parter going forward, yeah. which should be quite nice. Yeah, we could come up with something. Give like you time that. to have a think around that and we can put both of them to I battle on the pitch. It's imprinted in my brain, don't we? <laughs> so, yeah, that's all we've got time for today. I'm going to get my feet up at the beach club. I'm going to have a nice steak club and some nachos, and uh, maybe a bit of a swim while I'm at it. Sounds lovely. Happy <laughs> working. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. So, yeah, again, thanks all to, for listening. Again, please like, subscribe, share with your friends. You know, we've, we are building our audience up. Still really appreciate all the help we can get on this. So massive uh, thanks goes out to you guys for listening. And if you've got this far, you're a star. I've been Billy Lumsden. I've been Adam Jameson. And this has been the Damned United Podcast.